What is good, my loves, divine feminines, divine masculines, divine bookworms? So, um, obviously, I'm going to be chit-chatting with you for the next couple of days, going into the weekend, going into October. But, um, I, like I said, I am a little chit-chatty. It just is what it is. But um, at the end of the last podcast, and I'm not by any means telling you to go there because it is just... I'm shooting from the hip or the from the tits, whatever, right? But um, I had mentioned um, when I was at my parents' house, they have this prosperity Bible, and it's a compilation of all the greats, right? All of the great authors over time that have to do with wealth, affluence, prosperity. And um, for your sake and mine, I decided that we should delve into another reading. I know that I got the sense that a lot of us enjoyed... The reading um, from Napoleon Hill on chapter 11, a sex transmutation. And there was a section towards the end that was talking about why men um, under the age of 40 are seldom successful. And surprisingly, it had to do with sex, love and romance. Right. I was thinking it had to do with their thought. Pro- which part of it is that, you know, thought process or ambition or, you know, influence in the home or whatever, what have you. But no. For men, right? Um, could probably say the same for women to a certain degree, but that was more so for men. So I decided to look into this book and kind of just um, give myself a little bit of mental stimulation outside of me chit-chatting and just musing. And so this um, part of the compilation that is in this book is called The Conquest of Poverty by Henry Wilmans. No, no, no. Helen Wilmans. Um, Helen Wilmans. And that's from 1899, y'all. And so when I was reading from the table of contents, there were several titles and I was just kind of reading through to see what caught my eye. And so for those of you who didn't catch the last part, and I'm not saying to go over there because, again, it's so chit-chatty. It is what it is, if you know. But um, this one, so the first one is In Bondage. The second one is The First Step Toward Freedom. Third one is The Dawn of Freedom. Fourth one is Arrival at the Conscious Plane of Growth. Fifth is Practical Fruitage of the Conscious Plane. Sixth is The Potency of Desire. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that's kind of sticking out to me. Um, I think it's just the scorpionic side of me. We like to deal with things like desire. And then Potency of Desire? Helen, what are you talking about? Let's find out. Um, Number seven is Correlation of Thoughts to External Things. Um, That one looks like it's pretty enticing to me too. Um, I will probably do the podcast on the first, you know, on potency of desire and then circle back for correlation of thought to external things. The other one is difficulties. The other one is vitality of proper belief. Next one is fear of poverty. Next one is courage. And then the conclusion. So let's get straight into it. It's three pages from page 1028 to 1031. So 1028... Let me read it for you guys. So, you know, if you're driving on the road, whew, this is long. This is going to take us more than 30 minutes. So let's see how much we can cover in 30 minutes. And again, if it's longer than that, I would recommend that you try to stay through to the end because um, you don't want to miss the conclusion, right? So let's go. It says, um, 
this is from Helen. So it says, my own experience confirms the fact that the desire toward which I have been most unflinchingly persistent have been the first to manifest objectively. <laughs> this is going to be difficult reading, y'all. This is from 19... No, not even 19, y'all. From 18... 18 something? Mm, what did I get myself into? So it says here, when I came into mental science, I found that this was my leading desire. To be sure, I had many other desires that were more imperative. I desired youth and its symbols, health and its accompanying results. But I really desired money more than anything else. Can I get a witness? Okay. She said, why? Because I had been under the pressure of poverty so long that money represented a certain phrase, phase of freedom to me, which without no amount of health, strength, and beauty could be enjoyed to an, any great extent. I Okay, so the first sentence was a little bit rough, Helen, but I, I definitely, this is resonating for me in 2022, okay? I could be healthy, I could be strong, I could be beautiful, but give me the money, honey. So it says, in other words, money did at that time promise a greater measure of freedom for my thoughts and for my body also than any other thing. Therefore, the desire for money was my leading desire. Same here. We're on the same page. Let's go. She said, I was a slave for the lack of it. I know this resonates with a lot of people, right? It feels like the rat race. We do the 40 hours. Sometimes we work multiple jobs and we try to figure out how to make lots of it, right? So it says, therefore, the desire for money was my leading desire. I was a slave for it. it every thought of my life was chained to it and could not escape. How could my spirit or thought life, okay, try its wings in the clear atmosphere of the ideal under, cir under such circumstances? This is interesting. She's calling spirit thought life. Interesting. Wish I had more time to unpack package it, y'all, but that's homework for you and for me. Let's carry on. It says, I remember as if it had been but yesterday, the very hour when I paused in my work and in my thinking and made a compact with myself, something like this. I will have money, first of all. <laughs> Without money, I cannot move a step in the discovery of the mighty power latent in the human brain. This thing must go as I direct it, and I will submit it to no dictation from my external source. Mm, interesting. All right, Helen. So she says, I spoke these words aloud and they have never wavered in their force. Woof. In speaking them, I created a power in that line which went forth to its own accomplishment. So it's that whole, you know, whatever you speak will not return to you void. That kind of thing. So it says, looking down within myself, I came across the mental record of these words. And they seemed absolutely invulnerable and a sort of impregnable fortress that nothing could disrupt or weaken y'all that's some deep words right there impregnable fortress <sighs> the record of other resolutions faded or weakened at different times but this never did i had borne poverty until i simply would not hear it any longer disease old age and death might come but not poverty 
It had been the monster which held the best part of my intellect in dreadful bondage, and I was one with all its hazards. This resolution received the received the emphasis of every atom of my body and mind, and no power on earth could break it down. No power on earth or in heaven ever does break down such a resolution. Oof. There is there are no wait there was no wavering in it. Y'all, I think I might need glasses. Okay. There was no wavering in it. There was no good willing God willing in it. Oh, y'all, my parents say that all the time. God willing, da da da. Right? It's kind of low key grinds my my gears, but as much as I've moved away from it, I still kind of use it. So she said there was no wavering. There was no God willing in it. There was no if it's for the best in it. It was a clear cut positiveness, unblurred by a single flaw of irresolution. I had reached a point in mental suffering where life was not worth a straw to me unless I could have it on my own terms. So I stood up before the powers that be and made a statement of my terms. There was nothing to reject them, a thing I did not know at the time. Okay, so she's saying there was nothing to reject them. So the statement stood for all there was in it and it is standing yet. As my as my other desires, I have never. Yep, I need my bookmark. Hold on. Oh, I need my bookmark. Okay. This is gonna help me. Um, I have never. I have been satisfied to help to see my health gradually improve and my mental powers gradually strengthen and i have this same feeling yet about them i can wait and slow wait the slow development of time with poverty however i could not wait i would not i did not for my resolution acted like the magician's wand and efforts which i had put forth long before rushed suddenly into success Hope y'all are kind of following along here. So it says, money enough came to release my thoughts from the external dollar and to banish my fear of poverty. I did not want very much because it easily became a burden and it enslaves the higher thought quite as much as its absence. What I wanted was freedom and that was what I realized. Okay, so she's reaching a turning point where she's realizing that it's not so much about the money, it's about the freedom that comes with it, right? It really opens up the the borders for you. Now you can travel, now you can go places, now you can taste things and try things and you know, you're kind of free. So it money it, like for a lot of people when you think about it, what lies below that is you want freedom. Freedom from having to go to work and having to report to people and working with people that don't like you and you don't like them either, right? So it says, it is an inconsistent thing while all growth is thought accumulation that society should place a ban upon the accumulation of of wealth. Wealth is as necessary to our existence as the air we breathe. Amen. Amen to that. It says, if it is true that while we can manage to drag our meager, stinted lives without much wealth, still the lives we live are not in any ways any way the lives we desire 
we find ourselves in positions where our aspirations are shorn of their ascending power. Our condition does indeed become sorted simply because our faculties so grand in their possibilities of expression are tied down (laughs) to the contemplation of the source from which our next meal is to come. And y'all, I'm pretty sure if some of you tap out now, I understand. If you want to, if you're driving somewhere and you're listening to me, then we will get through this. I'm able to pick up on what she's saying, but it's not the most pleasurable listening content. Um, I, I think you'd probably get more out of it reading it, but let's carry on. So, and I think it has to do with the writing style. This is from the 1800s. So it says, there's nothing that can belittle a human brain so rapidly as this. Nothing that can confine it is the contemplation of things unworthy of its scope. Nothing that so soon will lead into those mistakes which the world punishes as sins. Why not abandon the effort on the brute plane? It is the brute plane alone where the effort to accumulate seems sordid. The stud and study the law of accumulation, she's asking. There is a law that governs it, and he who knows the law well enough to practice it has put poverty under his feet forever. Mm, the law of accumulation. Interesting. It says, when I tell people this, they say, oh, if I would only put poverty under my feet, what would I not give? They do not say, oh, if I could only understand the law. Okay, so it says scarcely one of them cares for the law. They want the results of understanding it while they remain indifferent to it. And I've I've noticed that. I think for those of you who are kind of listening to me go step by step and day to day and documenting my journey and my life and the people I encounter, that's what I'm I'm noticing too. It's one thing to talk with people that are on a different frequency and those are the producers, you know, for those of you who read the... Um, the book of abundance, the the planes of abundance, you know, there's a difference between how producers talk and there's a difference between how um, the regular slaves talk in the sense of we're all slaves to the masters of, of work and push and pull, if that kind of makes sense. But um, so she says, yeah, they want the results of understanding it while they remain indifferent to it. This is not the state of mind where anything valuable comes. The first thing they want, the first thing to want is an understanding of the law. Give us wisdom is the first demand, and in fact, it is the only one. With wisdom, all other things flow in. And that's why this is, she's kind of alluding to um, Solomon, right? When, when, for those of you who kind of grew up on the Bible or whatever, the way I did, um, you know, God asks him, what does he want? And he says, I want wisdom. And for that, he was given everything else that came with it. Right. And so, but the lesson there is that that's the first thing we should desire. Right. So it says with wisdom, all things flow in without wisdom. That is without an understanding of the law. There is no successful accumulation. There may be spasmodic power to accumulate but it is never to be relied upon it may desert one at any hour and it always deserts sometime but the power to accumulate under a knowledge 
of the law of attraction never fails in even the smallest particular. I am just as much assured of wealth today as if I had millions under lock and key. Why? Because I understand the law by which our wants are supplied. What? I'm going to put the... Okay. Are you, are you operating this mighty law? You ask? Yes, I'm operating it every day. I am building houses with it and operating it in improvements of use and beauty. I'm accumulating wealth just as fast as I use it. Now, that's one heck of a, um, uh affirmation right there. I am accumulating wealth just as fast as I use it. <laughs> now, I like that one because, y'all, I, I am working on my spending habits. If I have it, I'm going to spend it. And But this downtime is allowing me time to kind of figure out I don't have to spend all the money I, you know, I make. But at the same time, listen, if I'm accumulating wealth just as fast as I use it, then, hey, I'm down with it. It says, if it seemed necessary to use it faster, it would come to me faster. Hey, hey. Woo! This I love this. This is why I love reading these type of books, y'all. Oh, these authors are my friends, like in real life. She was talking about this in the 1800s, y'all. This is like my fairy godmother. Woo! People have said to me, why don't you put your money out at interest? Now, this is interesting because we've been talking a little bit about passive income and I do put my money out at interest. I get 6%, uh, 3%, 6%, 12%, 22%. Um, so these are pretty good numbers. But she says, my answer to this question is ready. To put money out at interest would clearly indicate that I have more confidence in money than in the power of the law that attracts it to me. Ooh, Helen, what are you talking about? It says, it is a position... That would wreck me. And we're almost done, y'all. So I'm 18 minutes in. Um, I'm three paragraphs out. So if you're with me, just hang in there. We're about to get to the juicy part. It says, it is not my business to think of money except as one thing of a tool which with which to work. My business is to constantly seek a greater knowledge of my own power under the law. For it is this knowledge alone that brings money. To put your trust in money is a sordid thing, and it brings its own reward and disappointed hopes. I think I get what she's saying, right? So it's not about me getting passive income um, from things that allow me to live off of the interest, but it's the wisdom behind it. I hope that that kind of makes sense, or at least that's what I'm picking up, right? So it says to put your money in, uh, trust in money is a sort of thing, and it brings its own reward and disappointed hopes. But to put your trust in yourself, knowing your relation to the law, will actually put you on the way of accumulating everything that is necessary to make you a free man. And so part of it, I think, even when I try to explain the passive income stuff and what we've had to learn, whether I, you know, I was talking about the three different types of women and the trading groups I'm in, the knowledge, the wealth, right? The wealth is in the knowledge, right? So I can look at other investment tools and I can use my knowledge based on what I've been through 
to to know if they're going to be profitable. Does that kind of make sense? Right. So sometimes it means linking up with people who have that knowledge and or experiencing it for yourself. But that's the wisdom part. Right. Sometimes we can pay other people for wisdom. Um, We don't always have to go through things in order to acquire that wisdom. We can learn from other people. So it's it's you wanting to seek wisdom first. That is where your wealth lies, because if you understand what makes people and things successful, then you go after that. You don't just go after the one thing. And I think that that's one of the messages that I try to say when I talk about the passive income. Yeah, I have a couple here or there, but that's just the the gateway. There's so many other ways for you to to grow your wealth. And that's I'm hoping that you take that path. Let's see. A couple more paragraphs here says, let me not mislead any of my readers. The power of which I speak under the law performs no miracles, but works itself out through the ordinary means lying thick about you. This power is simply a revolution revelation to you of your own mastery. It gives you wisdom to carry your own faculties into external expression. And in doing this, you obtain the award that that waits upon the doing. Yeah, so she's saying the same thing too. It's about you mastering the accumulation of wisdom. (laughs) Basically is what, yeah. So I hope you're picking up what she's putting down. So it says, a knowledge of the law of attraction ingrained within you will give you the power to carry any ideas of your own into practical success. So yeah, she's doing a really great job here as we're getting towards the end of reiterating, you know, if you seek wisdom, you will understand and you can practice that wisdom anywhere, right? Um, yeah, it says, are you a drummer? then you can sell twice as many goods as you could before you understood the law. Are you a mechanic? It is in this department above all others that it reveals it might. It's might. That it reveals it's might, right? So again, it's like, it's one thing if you're a drummer, but if you have wisdom as to, you know, um, that the... the materials that are used for the drums the difference in the um the sounds that they give off right um you really could sell twice as many because you start to understand the lingo what are people looking for what makes this drum better than the other one what's a starter drum what's a you know um, what's the best brand or has the best reputation has the best resale value what do the best um People who play for celebrities use this, that, and the third, right? So it's one thing for you to have a drum. It's another thing for you to be able to sell twice as many, but it comes down to wisdom. Same thing with the mechanic. If you understand how to to, um, fix exotics versus, you know, exports, export cars, and I think exotics and foreigns, um... You know, I think nothing is sexier than to hear somebody talk about the horsepower and the engine of on a Bentley, right? And even when you hear how people talk about the Bentley, um, time and time again, they talk about everything of, about it, right? 
it doesn't just get you from point A to B. It's the experience. It's how it hugs the road, right? If you get the touring versus the continental or the GT, right? Um, the GT eight speed and the leather and the, the performance of the handling and the roar of the engine, right? And, and ah, everything that comes with it. But, um, it says it develops your constructiveness from one point to another until you see that there is no limit on this line. It says, are you a lawyer, a singer, an artist? It makes no difference what you are or what you desire to be. It is in this field of your operations that a knowledge of the law of attraction, as revealed by a study of mental science, will enable you to succeed. So, yeah, one of the things I like about this compilation of this this book they all talk about mental science mental science um surprising right for um so two more paragraphs this knowledge of the law is sometimes is something that can be learned easily and more inexpensively than the medical student learns his textbooks and master the secrets of the human organism Many people have declared that it can be learned more easily than this. Others have said that by following the spirit, a man could come into a knowledge of it. But this is nonsense. The knowledge of this mighty thing requires intellectual application of the closest kind and time for the mental ripening of the many facts it has to impart. Of course, a slight knowledge of these facts will give the student some power in conquering the impediments that beset his path. Perfect conquest requires perfect knowledge, and there are no men, yea, no gods, who can jump into this position at one bound. It requires work, studying, and testing of the knowledge as it slowly matures in the mind. So, um, yeah, to me, wisdom has to do with how you accumulate knowledge and how you... Um, apply it. And so we actually talked about this, I think, in the book um, by Napoleon Hill, Laws of Success. And remember, he talked about how it's important for you to aggregate um, knowledge, data, stats, information from other people. Um, a lot of that of, of uh, success and wealth has to do with how you gather it and how you process it. And so here we have it from Helen again. And she's talking about, you know, how do we deal with knowledge? How do we work with knowledge? We have to, um, it requires work, study, and testing the knowledge. Remember, we're talking about how, what makes a a drummer successful, right? What makes you successful in in, uh, investing? Well, you start to look at which platforms work and why, and you start to understand their operations, this is, oh, I've been talking a lot, so I'm getting ready to wind down here. But I, I hope I'm doing this justice. This is where the gem is, right? This is kind of like you've been with me on the road. And the last paragraph that we're in, we hit the treasure box and we just opened the lid. And in there, there's all of this knowledge, right? All of the things make sense. Um, so it says it requires work, study, and testing of the knowledge as it slowly matures in the mind. But suppose it does require a long time and unflagging effort. What is there in all the world so worthy of it? What else is there that bestows power to create in every direction and in every field of thought and action? I, who write 
these thoughts am absolutely fearless. Neither time nor circumstances has any terrors for me. Poverty shakes his skeleton hand at me without producing a tremor. I am his master, not because I have houses and money in the bank, but because I have the self-confidence fully tested. Mm. Go ahead, girl. That enables me to evolve the positive thought and speak the positive word, which externalizes my demand. Now, she goes on into the next chapter seven, which is correlation of thoughts and external things. And um, I'm going to take a little bit of a of a nap here because <laughs> I'm talking, talking, I've talking myself. I've um, talked myself into a little bit of a. Um, ooh, but this, I can tell the language is so beautiful. I know it's different, y'all, but, um, it's one of those things I kind of, what did I get myself into? But I definitely picked up what she put down and I hope that you did too, right? This was what the potency of desire and the potency of desire should be for wisdom. The potency of desire should be, you know, um, when you talk about desire, if if you desire knowledge to where you study it, here it is. Um, this was a beautiful sentence, right? Where you work for it to acquire knowledge, to study, and to test it. That is the potent desire that she's talking about. That is deep, y'all. We did it under 30 minutes. I will see the views. I will try to come back and put in the, in the question and see how many of you got the gem at the end, right? It was titled The Potency of Desire. What was it that, that she was talking about? Knowledge, wisdom, wisdom more than anything. Um, and it was just a reaffirmation of several things we've talked about on this channel. So let me go check. I mean, I probably just need to go play with my little fur baby for a little bit. He's normally out and about running and playing and stuff and chasing the birds, but mm, I have time. And apparently, he's just here lounging right outside my window. So, go see what he's up to. Have an amazing rest of your day. So, we're not all just gossip and musing. We have a little bit of intellectual content, something to carry us through on this beautiful Monday morning for the rest of the week. Um, I probably will crack the book open the rest of this week since I will be kind of a little bit more homebound. And... Um, Let's stimulate our minds together until the next...